0: Welcome back, everyone, to another mini-episode of Inside the Box, the TV History Podcast. I'm Jonathan Bollinger, and as you might be noticing, we are attempting to do a simultaneous video uh, recording of the mini-episode as well as the normal audio recording. So if you like this, if we get the, the views on YouTube or wherever, we'll keep doing that. But it is an experiment just for now. So, what I want to talk about with you guys today is sort of a, a silly, light little uh, topic, and it's one that honestly has been talked a lot about, but uh, it's new to me, and I want to I want to preface that a little bit uh, as we get started. So, the first thing that I want to mention, really, is that I wish Andrew uh, was here to kind of talk about this idea, because It's really funny to me about, sort of, what we know, when we know it, what history we're uh, uh, presented with, uh, where are the gaps in our knowledge, that sort of thing. Because if I'm being honest, uh, you know, the low-hanging fruit parts of the internet really kind of drive me nuts. And I, and, and I would include this topic today as one of those those examples, if I'm being honest, right? So, like, one of the the common things that always makes me laugh and, and kind of cringe is when I see things online that are, you know, the, the young photo of a celebrity and a current photo of a celebrity, and you just, you, you wish, and you're probably like I am, you wish you could just sort of put one post out there for everyone you know kind of angrily and say yes human beings age it happens right i don't look like i did when i was 16 right it happens so like i get it like i guess it's always new to somebody to not have thought about that or they they get to that moment but you're sort of like like yeah it happens. You don't need to show me that this is what someone looked like at sixteen. This is what someone looked like at forty, you know, forty-six or whatever. So, that sort of idea of low-hanging fruit, uh, you know, at its worst, it's sort of like this 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 uh, 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 sort of willful ignorance of assuming that just because something's new to you, doesn't mean it's new to all of us, right? But that's kind of a cynical way to, to look at it, and I don't mean that every, every single thing we see that's like that is, is from that intention. But the reason I bring that up is because today's topic, while kind of a goofy one, while kind of a silly one, uh, it's been talked about before, and I'm falling into that, that trap, which is this topic is something that I should know, but I, I don't, I, I didn't, it's relatively new to me, Uh, And there's a couple reasons for that. In general, I tend to know things that are a little bit older than I am because, no, it's not because I'm an old soul, uh, although maybe some people would accuse me of that, but it's just I have brothers who are older than I was. And when you're an adult, that doesn't really matter, right? But when you're a kid, that matters a lot. So I'm not gonna age myself exactly here, but you can do the math, you can figure it out. But, you know, I should have probably been only paying attention to things maybe in the late 80s, early 90s. And I kind of was. But I also kind of knew a lot of things from the early 80s and and the mid-80s, for sure, because of my brothers. And the other reason, and I know I'm teasing this long here, but the other reason that I'm just not familiar with this topic is that, and I didn't double check this, I'll be honest with you. I should have done my homework here, and I didn't. But I don't feel that this show was in a lot of rerun packages. At least it wasn't in the affiliate markets where I where I grew up. So it wasn't like some of the other older shows that I do know really well, and, and you know really well, right? Things like, you know, uh, when I was a kid, things from the 60s like Hogan's Heroes or McHale's Navy or whatever, or even Dragnet, that seemed to be on all the time. Uh, uh, certain dopey sitcoms uh, from the 70s more serious things like MASH, that always seemed to be in a syndicated package, but this this just wasn't. So that's a big lead up, that's a big lead up to, to getting into to, to what I really want to get into. And I'll do that in just a second, I just want to quickly say thank you to those who have been joining up to be patrons for our archive and soon to be our new patron only episodes. Uh, Thank you. You can find us over there at Inside the Box on Patreon if you want to donate something and get access to that archive. I hope you've also been enjoying access to the uh, Mining the Archive Mondays, where I select certain episodes to kind of show to you. And hopefully you enjoy them and enjoy them for free. And then maybe you or a friend want to donate so you get access both to that archive and the new Patreon-only episodes that will be coming uh, in the fall. So thank you for that. In the future, I know some podcasts, they do like a list, like, you know, I'm making this up, you know, like, you know, JazzBot95 or whatever, right, thank you, and and CoolCat217. I don't know. Sometimes I think people like to see their names up there, and then other people, it's like it's assuming that they would like that. So, I'm not sure if we're going to do that or not. We'll see. If you want to give us feedback, feel free to, but but thank you for, for that. But what I want to talk about today, real quick just because it it really, just the idea of it just tickled me pink from a couple different perspectives. Uh, And that is just simply this. And those who know this, you're gonna say, yep, I knew this, welcome to the club. (laughs) But the show in the 1970s, The Bionic Woman, starring Lindsay Wagner, apparently (laughs) they started the third season of that show after a network change from ABC to NBC, they introduced a character called Max the Bionic Dog. I love this. <laughs> I love everything about this idea. Right? It's fantastic. Right? So, think about this. And I'll give you some backstory as well. So, in one sense, it's no surprise whatsoever. Right? If you think about comic books and TV shows and movies prior to, you know, the late 70s, of course there's been animal sidekicks or animal stars, right? Why? Because, I mean, adults too, but kids, they love animals, and particularly dogs. So the idea of a Rin Tin Tin, the idea of Lassie. Uh, uh, In in comic books, Superman had crypto. Uh, In the goofy Batman stories, right, we even had Ace the Bat-Hound, and yeah, he wore a mask, and it was ridiculous. But... Much like the teen sidekick characters from comic books, right? It makes sense because it allows the the kid viewer, the kid reader, the kid audience to sort of get in there and go, "Oh, wow! That would be so cool if my dog did that, or it went on adventure. He he or she or they went went on adventures with me, or with the kid. You know, the kid sidekick. You know, it allows them. Oh, what if I was Batman's partner? What if I was?" Captain America's sidekick, right? What if I, Wonder Woman eventually, when they do all the kid versions in the late 50s, you know, Wonder Woman's sidekick, etc. So it totally makes sense to me whatsoever. But then uh, what just makes me laugh is it kind of reminds me, and again, I should have done my homework here, but I feel like it was maybe in the aughts or maybe the 2010s, but there was some like foreign movie or foreign TV show or something. And I swear to you, it was something like, you know what kids like? Kids like ninjas. You know what else they like, especially internationally? They like soccer or f- football. What you know what else they like? Uh, robots. Hey, why don't we do where they're all ninja robots soccer playing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> to me, that's sort of like that same, that same concept, which is they say, uh, and you have to also know is that there was always an idea here that this could be a backdoor pilot. And for those of you who haven't listened to our episode on backdoor pilots, uh, uh, please do so if you want to to donate. I may maybe I'll also just release it under behind the pay, from behind the 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 paywall for the archive there. But you know the idea here is the third season of the Bionic Woman started off, and the Bionic Woman found herself. Uh, uh, learning about Max, the, the, the bionic dog, who, again, I didn't know this show, so I'm not going to speak to it like, oh, yes, and then this happens, and this, I, you know, I don't know the show super well. I can do this for other shows I grew up with, of course. But basically, he was in an accident, or I believe it was a fire, and that's why he has a fear of fire. And they replaced his legs so he could run really fast and also his jaw because that makes sense if it's a dog what else could a dog, a, a dog have to do in an adventure story right but if it's like a bionic jaw you know, you can kind of get in there so so they they have her sort of go on this adventure with him and it's I believe it's a two-parter and uh, so you know this old-school TV so you know, premiered. I believe it was September seventh of seventy-seven, and for that third season, it was a two-parter to really start off a bang. And remember, they changed from ABC to NBC, so NBC really wanted you know something to kind of draw the viewers in. But the idea here is what I love so much about it is they set it up so that I believe in the second episode she goes to the. Uh, she she the the story the adventure takes place in a national forest, and she of course meets up with some old love interest right some forest ranger there and there's bad guys and the whole bit but they basically set it up where it's like you know he's thinking of maybe he'll adopt Max and Max can be a ranger dog you know in the forest and you just you know the the per, the the part of us as fans who love to think about how the producers think you're thinking they're like backdoor pilot, backdoor pilot, ding, 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 right? You can sort of see, you know, the promo, like, you know, the bionic dog, Max, the forest ranger, you know, da, da, da. And, and maybe I'll put them up on the uh, the website. We'll see. I've been trying not to do a ton of visuals on the website for the mini episodes, but maybe I'll do it in, in our social media posts. But it reminds me of the old Rin Tin Tin comic book covers that I've seen where the dog is in the most fantastical... Absolutely fantastical situations. He's saving people from forest fires. He's taking on Nazis. You know, he's doing it all Uh, and and even the Lassie there's like um, uh, Photographic Lassie comic book covers from when the show was on and it was big even those are insane like the kind of uh, Death scenarios near death scenarios. They put Timmy and Lassie in. it it just it just makes me laugh It's just so ridiculous, you know but the uh, the, the other thing here, too, is again, I'm late to this party. Most of you probably already know this and, and have had fun with it, etc. And, and, and to be completely honest, again, this idea of I don't want to just rehash the same old thing, the past, right? I'm trying to bring something new to this, etc. There's other podcasts, there's other little YouTubers, uh, or big YouTubers, right? You can look it up. They've done sort of serious and funny things on the bionic dog realize we're not just doing the bionic dog, we do a lot of different topics, etc. But what's interesting here is what I would, I would say is, is some of the scholarship that I've been reading up on uh, in regard to this, uh, and one is from Susan, Susan J. Douglas, who's an academic who's done a lot of a good work, is she really makes a good argument for how the bionic woman was so different from the other sort of popular female-led shows of that time. And there's not enough time in this short episode to go into the nuances of each representation of those protagonists. But if you're at least casually familiar, you sort of remember those shows of the time, you know at the, the worst extreme, you know, it's just simply referred to as quote-unquote jiggle TV of the, of the late 1970s network TV uh, primetime programming, right? You have to get as many of these uh, uh, women protagonists in uh, tight tops, you know, wet t-shirts, prison garb, bikinis, you know, the whole bit. So they're just sort of running around so that the viewer will keep their eyeballs there, right? Lowest common denominator stuff. And Douglas makes a really good, you know, argument that, and, and I know this from some of the stills and the imagery that I do remember, even if I didn't really watch uh, the Bionic, the $6 million man, Bionic Woman, is that the protagonist, Jamie Summers, She's often just sort of in jeans or a uh, uh, kind of, you know, a very 70s sort of uh, uh, denim or, or uh, uh, plaid, you know, kind of rugged sort of, you know, big collared shirt. And so it's interesting she mentions, you know, the fact that, yes, there's love interests and whatever, but at least in the third season, it's like her companion there is, is a dog. Right. And that sort of says something. Right. It's just like she's just there taking care of her business. And if you know the backstory, she was also a pro, supposed to be a pro tennis player before the accident. Before she becomes bionic, blah blah blah. So I think it, it, it makes a or it she makes Susan Douglas makes a, a really good case, and others have as well, I'm sure. That you know this is a different kind of protagonist. And while the dog, I'm you know I'm having fun with the dog, right? It's a bionic dog, and there's even you can find it online where he has to grab like the back of, I think it's like a Volkswagen Beetle, and with his bionic jaw, save a kid from going over the cliff, you know, and it's all, it's all crazy, silly stuff. But there's some serious stuff behind that, right? There's uh, some idea there that this is an independent hero, independent woman, she's not running around in tight spandex, et cetera. Um, you know, she's sort of doing things her way, by her own, defining herself sort of in her own, in, in her own sort of life, and, and I, find that, I find that sort of interesting. So the, uh, the uh, last element that I just want to kind of bring up as far as the Bionic Dog is, again, the idea that this is known from in the, within that fandom, particularly Bionic Woman and the 1970s, and that I noticed, I, I didn't read the series, I did read the one where they did, um, uh, uh, it was DC and then I think it might be Dynamic Comics now might have picked up the, the, the idea. But back when the rights issues for the Batman TV show finally got cleared up and Warner Brothers could start uh, making money off of it by doing licensing deals, one of their projects was to do a comic book series based on the Batman 66 TV show. And I believe it ran, for. because I, I, I have, <laughs> I love them, uh, they're really well done, but I think it ran like 31 or two episodes, uh, uh, issues. And then they started doing team ups. So they did one where it was Batman 60. They call it right in the marketing and the branding, Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77, right? Because longtime fans, oh, wouldn't it have been great if you could have either had a TV show with the two of them together or a comic book series or so? Now they have it. But what I noticed is, I believe Dynamite. It's either Dynamic or Dynamite. I, I forget the the comic book imprint. I apologize. They did a. Wonder Woman 77 basically teams up with the Bionic Woman, which I'm sure is something that fans of long ago would have liked to see. The only reason I bring that up is because, guess who is there on parts of the adventure, right? As as, as Wonder Woman takes the Bionic Woman to her, her fabled uh, you know uh, uh, island, right, with all her, her mother and her sisters and the, the sort of paradise that it is. Uh, Max Max, the Bionic Dog is there. He's flying around in the invisible jet and the, and the whole bit, you know, and, and it's there because, you know, the fans, I'm sure, want it to be there and they still enjoy that sort of nostalgia. Uh, much like I'm not a huge Superman fan, but uh, I really do like when they sort of work in the idea of crypto here and there because it's ridiculous, it's insane to have just a, a beautiful white dog who's super... <laughs> superpowers (laughs) with a cape (laughs) you know and this little dog collar flying around doing something it's it's ridiculous but again if you go to the heart of that idea which is there's something sort of silly and light but yet beautiful about it which is it's about companionship it's about sort of that idyllic construction of childhood right um the idea traditionally would be gendered right a boy and his dog on an adventure but really it's any child Uh, and and their pet on an adventure so uh, it just it just makes me it just tickles me i think it's it's a fun idea so i think with the uh with this being a short episode i will i will end with that because again this is both to you know to be honest to save us some work right we don't want to do a full blown episode every time but what i will try to do is is in this many episodes uh, web page, which you can find at tvhistorypod.com Again, tvhistorypod.com I will try to put in some links, because there's some really nice books that are either about the show or about the history of TV pets uh, 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 within uh, uh, television production. So I'll put those links there, because they're really good references, good sources that you should, you should check out. And uh, just to remind you again, we'll do uh, on the other, uh, following this episode next week, we'll do another Mining the Archive Monday. I believe I know what I'm gonna release, but I don't wanna say that for sure here, just in case there's some issue why I wouldn't, but it'll be a fun one. Uh, and if you've noticed, right, there's some episodes that we've done that are kinda light and silly, others are a little bit more serious. We try to balance that out. I think last week we we released a, a more serious one, which was Andrew in conversation about uh, with Gary Edgerton about uh, uh, Ken Burns Vietnam. Uh, so maybe this one coming will be something a little lighter, a little a little more fun, uh, or perhaps maybe technical. We'll see. Uh, so we have that coming up, and then we we'll of course do uh, more mini episodes, uh, both serious or light or experimental. And then uh, all this in preparation for the new episodes, both free and Patreon-only based in the fall. So if you want to donate to the Patreon so you can access the full archive and the new episodes, that would be wonderful for us. I know Steve is working on some new episode ideas, which I'm excited about. We're going to be recording some more soon. And uh, if you really want some inside baseball, I know uh, as of this record, uh, although it's a little earlier than when you'll hear this, I know Andrew and Steve are actually kind of getting together, and uh, selfishly, I hope that they're also talking about the podcast and getting some good ideas going, because I, really, uh, I really hope they contribute as much as possible uh, this new season. Okay? All right. With that, folks, I do appreciate you listening. Uh, I know you have a lot of options in podcasts these days, uh, so if you're coming back on board with us, we really do appreciate it. If you're brand new, I hope you stick around. Again, I'm Jonathan Bollinger. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.